Priest. Um, we're starting it off here on, on April 15th. It's a special day for, for our family. It's my daughter's birthday today. She turned nine years old. And we're very grateful that, uh, you know, she is uh, our daughter. And she had some friends over last night, so I'm, I'm a little lethargic this morning, so I apologize. Having girls over from the night is, oof, it's challenging. Very challenging. You know, snap out of it. You ever had to snap out of it? Did your spouse ever say, hey, I'm over here. Snap out of it. Karen gives me the, are you listening? That's, that's code for snap out of it. Because guys are notorious, and we wander and meander in our minds, and we're kind of out of it. And so sometimes our spouse is like, are you listening to me? And it, it, it depends on our, our response, whether it's going to be a fight or it's going to be an awesome, great connection. It determines on our response. Well, the Bible has much to say about snapping out of it spiritually. You know, we just came off Easter, and we had a great time. And, you know, this year has been, has been really great. Uh, but as Christians, we can fall into the, the, the conundrum of just comfort. You know, there's an old story in Greek mythology. Um, Homer's, uh, Homer is a poet in the Greek, and he wrote two uh, works, Iliad, and he wrote uh, The Odyssey. And in the Odyssey, there's a main character called Odysseus. And Odysseus is just, just right for the Trojan War, and he's trying to get home. It's 10 years, and he's trying to, his best is to get home. And, and so the, the, the story just tells all about his adventures, about just trying to get home. And one of the stops he makes is on an island, and they, and they dock there, and the men get out. And the people there are offering them little flowers to eat, and they're called lotus flowers. But unbeknownst to the guys who eat it, what this flower does, it makes you lethargic and so comfortable that you forget about wanting to go home. But Odysseus didn't take the flower. So he's trying to get his guys going, hey guys, I know we're here, but we're trying to get home. And the guy's like, no, it's coke. this is great. We love me. He's like, no, we have to get home. And so he literally has to drag them back into the boat just to get him out of there. You know, this morning, are you eating a lotus flower? Are you lethargic? Are you forgetting about home? You see, our home is going to be heaven. And we're trying not to eat the lotus flower. It makes you forget where you're headed. You know, people medicate on things, obvious things. You know, there's drugs alcohol, sexual addictions, those are obvious things that we see people get involved in. But what about comfort? What about food? What about ESPN? What about video games? What about things that just keep you from dealing with the reality of the world around you? You know, there are broken homes everywhere, broken dreams, families divided, separated. We have teenagers who are so insecure they can't be themselves. They got to be somebody else for someone to actually like them. That's what, the, that's what the pressure is. Be somebody else. Are you a lotus eater? I can be from time to time. Are you forgetting your calling? Are you forgetting why you got baptized? Are you medicating with comfort? You know, 
a few years ago, I think it was back in 1986, we had the Whittier earthquake. I don't know if you guys were around for that. It wasn't as big as the North earthquake, but it was a pretty big earthquake where I was from in, in Laverne. And I was, I remember I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, one of the things they teach you about earthquakes is don't stand near windows, right? Or mirrors. They always say that in commercial stores. You know, get out of the house or go meet some desk. And the earthquake was hitting, and my dad and I were in the same den. And it was shaking pretty bad. I'm going, okay, it's going to slow down here in a second. And it, and it wasn't. So my dad kind of went into some, some mode of, you know, he went toward the window, the, slider, uh, the sliding glass window. And in our house, we used to put these little broomsticks to block, the, to make sure the door is blocked so you can't open it. And so my dad's trying to get this pole out from the window. And the window's going, I mean, it's literally just going back and forth. And, uh, and he's in this kind of trance. Like I must, and he, and he keeps touching the stick and it keeps falling, touching and falling, touching and falling. I'm like, I'm like, he can't get the stick out. And the window's going, doo, 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 and it's, I can feel it's about to break. It's just so violently. And there weren't, there weren't these vinyl windows back in the 80s, you know what I mean? There's those aluminum, those, we're like, what's that? What's going to happen to my dad? And so I go, dad, and I've never yelled at my dad before. Dad, get away from the window. And then I, I feared for my life at that moment because I didn't know what his reaction was going to be. Was turn and be violent with me because I've never yelled at my dad. And he looked at me. I said, the window's going to break. Get away from the window. And then you see it. He snaps out of it. And he starts walking to me. He goes, thanks. And I, and I was like, thank you, Father in heaven. I wasn't religious, but... I got real religious right there. <laughs> you know, sometimes we got to snap out of it and say to ourselves, enough is enough. You know, if you want to get serious about weight loss, you got you to say to yourself, enough is enough, right? Yeah. If you don't say those words, this is really not going to happen. Yeah. I came into reality this week that sugar isn't everything. Oh, yeah. Sugar is everywhere. I, I saw this little YouTube video for an hour and I said, Sugar's everywhere. How do you, you know, if sugar's going to cause all this damage to my health, sugar isn't, it's in bread. It's everywhere. So as a moment of knowing, I'm just going to, I'm just destined to be heavy, Lord. I just, I thought that. <laughs> I just thought that from him. Just, it's, it's, it's what it is. <laughs> or I can say enough is enough of not eating the lotus flower of comfort. Look in your Bibles in Romans chapter 13. Enough is enough. Are you saying that to yourself spiritually? If you aren't, you ought to. Say it to yourself more often. Enough is enough. Romans 13. It says, The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy, Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of 
the sinful nature. I don't know about you, but I love sunlight. I love the day. I love to, to open my door, walk out, and there is sun. Not too hot, though. Just some good old-fashioned sun, but not too hot. But I love the day. I don't like the clouds. I don't like when it rains too much. You know, unrighteous living puts us in a slumber. It puts us in the, in the, or eating the lotus flower. And we forget what we're headed for. We forget about our goal is to make it to heaven. That is the goal. And when we medicate ourselves, our guard begins to drop. And our decisions on righteousness become in jeopardy. We don't make the right choices when we're lethargic. There's a quote here by one of the Greek philosophers. It says, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men and women are afraid of the light. You know, a lot of times we like to stay in the dark, lethargic state because we've grown comfortable with that life. There's a comfort with our sinfulness. And I relate to that. Before I was a Christian, I was very comfortable in sinning. I had no problem with the things I was doing. And as a Christian, you can fall into that same mentality. Maybe not as, as severe, but the same mentality of things that we should do that we don't do. That we ought to do, but we, we just don't feel like doing them. And we get into that habit, and it becomes very difficult to break. And so we got to snap out of it. Someone's got to tell you, hey, snap out of it. Get away from the window. It's going to break. Because you don't see the, 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 what's happening to your life. But others who observe you see it. Your friends see it. And you need to know death. You to say, hey, let's get back in the boat. Let's go home. And sometimes we're like, no, 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 you're, you're, take it easy, man. You're being self-righteous. Yeah. Now, that's not always a good thing, but when you're lethargic, you need a brother to go, hey, snap out of it. You know, some of us here are living with sins that have gone unforgiven. Because we're afraid of the light. And guilt is way up, and light is way down. Let me encourage you. Put on the right set of clothes. Let the Lord Jesus clothe you. There is salvation in Jesus. There is nothing to fear in the light. Reminder to poltergeist in the 80s. It freaked me out, but she was right. She said, go to the light. You know, when we doubt or shrink back in our faith, we start to feel like nobody is listening and nobody else wants to change. Because we think everyone else is eating the same lotus flower. And that's what Isaiah the prophet was feeling. He was, he was, he was commissioned to tell God's people, hey, you're not doing this right. Hey, we got to change this. And God sent him to Israel to get people to change their ways. And you read the book of Isaiah, so much of it, his, 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 his uh, writings about the prophecies of Jesus and what's going to happen. And it's going to be incredible. But in Isaiah 49... We run into Isaiah, who's a little bit frustrated. If you turn there with me in Isaiah, we see the theme scripture for our series. About what God wants us to do. What He's calling us to be. And we, a lot of times we can relate to Isaiah. Yeah. We can relate to it. In verse 4 of, of chapter 49. But I have said, 
I have labored to no purpose. I've spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is the Lord's hand. And my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring back Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has, seen my, has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Not only would God say, hey, you know, you're helping out Israel and the tribe, you know, that's too small a thing for you. I want you to go and be a light to everybody else. You ever, you ever, ever, ever appreciate when a brother says, bro, I know you're down. I know you're discouraged. I know you, you, you're, you're doubting where it's becoming. Let's go just share our faith. You'd be like, what? Amen. Don't you realize where I'm at? I told you I don't want to come to church. I told you I'm upset with God. And you're telling me, yeah, let's go save people. But that's exactly what God is telling Isaiah. That's exactly what a brother told me when I was in the campus ministry and I didn't want to be a Christian. He's like, gee, I have just have one thing to tell you. I said, what's that? Let's go share our faith. I was like, what? And you know what? It gave me perspective. That was one of the best deep times I had as a college student. I went out and shared my faith when I didn't feel like it. And someone became a Christian. I was like, how in the, when I'm doing really well, no one wants to become a Christian. And I'm really, really bad and then they want to become a Christian. Amen. I was like, what is up? Amen. But it's exactly what you need to hear. It's exactly what you need to hear. When your schedule is full, when you're stressed out at work, when your finances are in doubt, God says, go save some people. It's too small a thing, what's going on in your life. It's too small. Let's think everybody. And that's what God told Isaiah. I want you to dream big. I want you to dream of a shoreline ministry of adults of 300 disciples. Amen. It's bigger than this room. I want you to think about you. You personally. Not theoretically, but you personally, actively sharing your faith. Big. For more kids in our church, more kids in our community can grow up with spiritual parents. Yeah. Where their kids can grow up in spiritual households. To see every one of us have a mission. A mission to seek and save the lost. A mission to help the poor. Whatever the mission may be. But you're on a mission. Amen. Because the mission right now that some of us are on is on the island and we're eating lotus flower all day long. And we're just comfortable. Yeah, and God does not want us there. He says, wake up. We cannot become a church where we just show up to get fed spiritually. Because we'll just be eating the lotus flower. You know, in our communities, our neighborhoods, you know, these marriage 
this marriage class we're doing, it, it, it makes you reach out to your neighbors. Hey, 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 guess what, neighbor? I'm a sanguine. I didn't know that. My wife's phlegmatic and melancholy. That explains everything. You know, I was a, it was a big moment for us. I'm like, my so I, I per per perceiving that as unspirituality. No, it's just, her, it's just who she is. And vice versa. It's who I am. I'm the life of the party. But I'm disorganized. It's who I am. Broad brushstrokes. We get the gist. She's detail-oriented. And she's got a lot of feelings. That's good to know. You know, this summer... One of, our, one of our campus students gets to go to Norway on a mission trip. We arranged with Norway that they, they're going to pay for their flight and their expenses for one of our disciples. Out of, there's four total from Milwaukee, Antelope Valley, the central region. We get one, send one of our students to Norway for, the, for a good month and a half in the summer to share their faith on the campus and be part of a campus mission team over there, which is exciting. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna draw a name out of the hat tomorrow. Just before Bible talk. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be very, very exciting. You know, think about the singles ministry. Think about it and dream big about it. Don't just think about it because that can be kind of discouraging. You got to think about dreams about it. When you start thinking about your own little group, you start seeing all the, all the cracks and all the flaws and all this is wrong. And you forget to think big. What it can be. Who else can be involved in this? In Ephesians 5, turn there with me. Here's another scripture about waking up. Waking up. And I'm not talking about your morning coffee, which is important for some of us. But spiritually speaking, waking up. Ephesians 5, verse 8, it reads, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That, that's why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as an unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. You know, when we decide to put away the lotus flower, we can find out what pleases God, and we can walk in the light. There is nothing embarrassing about being open about what is going on in your life. That's right. We have all have experienced that. If you're visiting with us, we understand where you're at. We have been where you're at. We have felt the shame. We felt the guilt. But it's a great thing to come into the light. Amen. It is an awesome thing to come into the light. And when we come to the light, we start dreaming. We start getting excited. Yeah. We start wanting to do stuff. But doing without dreaming is a waste of energy. Yeah. 
doing things and keeping yourself busy without dreaming is a waste of energy. And dreaming without doing is just disobedient. We dream but do nothing. We dream and dream and do nothing. Disobedience. Dreaming plus doing is exponentially grows the kingdom. Exponentially does. When you dream and you do, put those two together. That's a match made in heaven right there. Dreaming and doing. Let me give you an example. I want my kids to become Christians. Now, I can't control their decision. I wish I could. But I'm going to dream and do some stuff to make, you know, that at least attempt possible. I want to see students at Moore Park become Christians. Like real ones. So we have a Bible talk there twice a week. And I'm this awkward 40-year-old going, hey, you want to come to Bible discussion? <laughs> you know, when I was 22, it was cool to do that. At 40, I realized you're, you're, you're the odd man out. But I do it anyway. Because I, I have a dream of that, that campus having a lot of disciples on it. And then they'll transfer to Channel Islands. No, a lot more disciples there. Dreaming and doing. But for a couple of years, I was dreaming and not doing anything. I look at the campus going, man, it would be great to have Christians on that campus. Yep. But I didn't want to be the one to do it. So someone should be on that campus. You know, understand, I live 50 yards from the campus. Yeah. And it, it, it really hit me going, it's got, I got to do this. I got to stop dreaming about it. Yeah. And I got to start doing it. So I convinced Lewis, convinced Josh, and finally convinced Lupe, come over to Moore Park, let's have a Bible talk, and it's going to go awesome. And we're going to do it, we did it one day a week, and you know what, we're having too many friends come out. We're having too many friends come out. So now we have to have it twice a week. Yeah, yeah, two times a week. I said, Ken, we got to be there twice, because there's just too many people. We need more people than this. We have like five or six people at Bible talk. It's pretty cool. What's in the Bible? People like, you know, Josh, Josh and Lewis, they do the Bible talk. I just show up. And they do an amazing job. I mean, Josh has got it on Monday, and Lewis has got it on Wednesday. And they let her rip. I'm like, make it more convicting next time. Like, just let her rip. They're like, really? Like, yeah, just go get them. Don't worry about it. We'll catch them. We'll catch them. Just let her rip. And then I'm at the end of the Bible talk, I give him a little piece of paper. I have one side, I said, great job, make a column. Other side is, needs improvement. So I fill up the great, 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 work on that. Here you go. And they grab him, they go. And every time you see him grow, yeah. every time you see him, they're just doing an amazing, amazing job. I just, go, I just show up the Bible talk. I'm, the, I'm that weird 40-year-old in there. <laughs> I'm just hanging out. People don't realize I'm the minister there until I said, yeah, I'm, one, I, I'm here, I'm the minister. They're like, you're the minister? Yeah, that's what we do. This is where I was converted. I, I became a Christian in college. This is where my passion's at. Look in Revelation chapter 3 with me. We got a snap. You guys starting to snap out of it? There's some things that we can do in your community. You know, this marriage class is going to end, but it doesn't really have to end. Amen. You can keep it going. 
can invite your neighbors out. Yeah. <laughs> share with your neighbor one of your, share, here's a great practice with, with your neighbors. Share one of your fights with them. And they go, oh yeah, yes, I relate to that. Yeah. Don't share one of your fights and you'll get one of those, uh, how are you? Good. How's the grass? Great. How's the sky? Well, weather's really oh, strange this time of year. Weather's really odd. You get those kind of conversations. Yeah. Once you go and cross the line and say, you know, I had a fight with my wife this week, and, whew, man, you, can I tell you about it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you start getting real yeah. in the Whole Foods parking lot. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it gets real. Revelation chapter 3, I'm in the campus. You've got to kind of stay informed, you know what I'm saying? Anything that has a YouTube hit of two, 2 million plus, you better know about it. You're in the campus ministry. Revelation 3. This is, this is Jesus' words. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. What verse? Verse 1. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore... What you have received and heard, obey it and repent. This is a good passage for us. Shoreline ministry to me are some of the most noble people I've ever known as a disciple. You guys are the most noble people I have known. From when I arrived here in 2001, in June, to 2012, I have some of my greatest friends in this church. My children's best friends are in this church. Amen. And I completely admire your faith. Yeah. You've persevered. You've not given up. We've seen disciples leave and then return. Mm -hmm. We've seen new Christians made. Don't forget how awesome you are. From time, from time to time, we forget how good a Christians we, we used to be and still are. Because sometimes we eat the lotus flower. And we start thinking that my dreams are dead. Your dreams are not dead. Your dreams never die. You know, this week I got to write Karen a card because it says so in the marriage class to write her a card. I need, I need that kind of direction in my life, you know. Amen. And it was just great to write her a card and tell her I will love you till my last breath. But that, that class is it's snapping me out of it. It's snapping my heart out of my funk out of being so busy, not paying attention, so many things to do, it's snapping me out of it. Amen. I got to remember what I was good at doing. I got to hear it again. I got to obey it and I got to repent. Let's take away the lotus flower. If your friend has one in church right now, he's going, that's a great sermon, Gio. I just came here to get fed. That was really awesome. Say, like, put that down. Let me tell you a secret. Family, we all, we all need one. We all want one. We all should have one. It's not your life. Work, work. You need it, but it's not your life. Parenting is awesome, but it's not your life. School is fantastic, but it's not your life. Christ is your life. He's at the center. Yeah, school's a part of it. Parents are part of it. Oh, but it's not the center. Christ is your life. Amen. 
Remember that. Because if we don't, we drift. You ever go to the beach when you're a little kid? Your parents are at Lifeguard House 7? Seven. Dad's all, dad's all, stay in front of you. Stay in front. You're like, got it, Dad. Lifeguard House 7. Got it. Ten minutes later, you look up. Lifeguard House 42. <laughs> you know that moment of, you know, you're all scared and you have to run down to the beach to find your parents? Because you don't realize you can drift that easily. That's why we need each other to help us to go, hey, bro, I love you. Snap out of it. When your wife tells you to snap out of it, God, say thank you. That's the best response I've, I've come to know. Is, thank you, honey. Versus, why'd you snap at me? When your husband says, honey, it's going to be okay. It's not that big a deal. Say thank you. Say, sister, just say amen. Thank you, honey. You know, I had four girls over last night, plus my wife, five. And we had the hardest time putting them in bed. And I was like, Karen, go up there and tell them to snap out of it and go to bed. And they finally went to bed. But I was so wired, I was like, I can't go to sleep. Yeah. We all need each other. We all need each other if we're going to snap out of it. To God be the glory. Have a great afternoon.